Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Wow, wow, West. Wicky, wicky, wow, wow. Wicky, 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 wow, wow, West. Wow, wow. Welcome back. It is Silverado Minute Friday. Freaking Friday. It's Friday with the, the Minute Impossible Boys talking about Silverado Minute for the Movies by Minutes uh, crew. And thank you for joining us all week to talk about one of our favorite cowboy movies, Silverado. I almost said Silverado Minute. That's not the name of the movie. Movie Silverado. And uh, we hope you enjoyed our song, Wild Wild West, another super period accurate movie you should mm-hmm. definitely watch, you should definitely watch that if you if you if you're a if you're a patron of history and you enjoy learning about the rich history of the american west please go watch wild wild west and the quick of the dead robot spider-man yep the this somehow somehow this is our this is our minute where uh, uh we learned that jake has uh the, at the beginning it starts with jake climbing still <laughs> he's still literally climbing in the in the rafters and this minute ends with him walking back into his cell uh, and, and, and being mad, like kind of like, you know, uh, Emmett tells him you did this and you got to kind of, you know, you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So he's mad. You, 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 know, you, know, you, know, you know, the crime he did. You know, the law. Even though, even though uh, <laughs> Jake says it's a fair, you know, it was a fair fight he drew first, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it was a clean kill. That it that's that is a weird that is a weird sensibility in the West. Mm-hmm. Is that you know? Oh, it was a clean fight, everybody. Everybody, go back up. It's like the fight we had at the beginning of the week. You know, go about about your business, everybody. It was just a clean fight. We're all good. So, and uh, yeah. So I wonder if Langston is more mad that the rules were broken, or that someone was killed. I can truthfully say I think it was more that rules were broken. I don't think Langston cares if someone dies. I think that it's because it was kind of an iffy fight, you know, an iffy, an iffy, an iffy fight. I think it was more of an iffy fight. It, it, that's why Langston is like, there's some gray area, and therefore I can't just say, you know, if he'd walked out there and there'd been like something in the, you know, high noon kind of fight and it happened, he would have been like, all right, well, he killed Fred. Oh, so be it. But instead, some guy tried to, you know, sneak up on him with a shotgun, kill Jake, and Jake shot him. And he's now the dead one. Uh, this also is where I, I, I know he was wearing it in the last scene, but I didn't get to talk about it. And I wasn't paying attention. Emmett's jacket. Love it. Another, mm-hmm. since we talked about the gloves in the first episode, I would like to talk about the jacket in the last episode. That is a fuzzy suede jacket. It looks so comfortable. Also, Emmett has great gloves. We're not seeing it in this uh, these minutes, but he has great gloves, everybody. Just so in case you're wondering. But this is a this is a good place to for us to end our uh, our run with Silverado minute. Um, do you feel that uh, at this point you're like, oh, they're definitely gonna break him out in some crazy way or overpower the overpower langston and like get him out of prison because you notice that uh that uh payton's not even like in the room anymore 
He's just kind of quiet. He's just kind of quietly standing there. He's over in the shadows. You notice that Peyton is actually looking around at one point. He looks around real quickly around the cell, kind of like, all right, what's going to happen? I just, I just settled up with this Emmett guy. We arrive in this town. His brother's in jail. He's about to hang for it. Am I going to have to fight my way out of this room? Mm-hmm. So he kind of looks around. I kind of like that. Uh, Peyton always knowing where he needs to be. He and also he looks unassuming in that stupid hat. But uh, yeah, this I, is. I think Peyton, Peyton's, not, Peyton's also one of those guy, old characters in, in the guy that's very about uh, righting wrongs and righting injustices. Uh, like he had an injustice done to him. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's he's looking at this thinking this situation isn't right. There's something wrong here. Um, this kid, you know. Obviously, wouldn't have done it unless he had to, uh, and is like trying to figure out. Well, you know, I think this needs to be, you know, righted. You know, that's at least how I read it. No, it doesn't bother me. I I like the I I like that we're on Kevin Costner's side. This again, uh, kudos to Kevin Costner and the character mm-hmm. of Jake. In that we're like, yeah, he probably shot him. You know, he uh, he's not a murderer. The, we've seen a lot in this movie so far, a lot of ex-murderers kind of whitewashing their history, a little revisionist history from from some of the guys who have you know who've come through. We know we know Peyton did something wrong. We know that he used to run with some bad guys. We know the lawnmower man's there. We know. Uh, uh, Brian Dennehy's there, but we don't really know anything about any. We have no particulars yet of any of the characters, Mal included. We have no yeah. real particulars. We know Emmett was going to find his brother. Mal was coming through town. He's going to back to his home. You know, we don't know anything, and we don't. And Peyton has a past. So twenty five minutes in. They've not really explained to us our heroes. We don't even know if they're heroes yet or, 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 or guys that are like, you know, you, you watch these movies sometimes and you see them break out of jail or they do some sort of crazy hijink heist where they, you know, they, they get the guy out. But at the end of the day, Langston's right. He did break the law. And he is in jail because of that. And, and their law says he has to hang. So Langston, of course, you know, doesn't go by anything except the law so it's funny to me whenever we were watching a movie you're like that guy was just the law-abiding sheriff who put him in jail and a lot of times like all of his deputies will get knocked out in the heist and or maybe there's some explosion that happens that lets the guy out and somebody gets hurt and you're always like hey those guys are just doing their jobs man it sucks to live in the 1880s it's hot all the time there's dust everywhere this sucks Mm-hmm. but <laughs> but uh yeah i have to say uh if you look at the walls this looks like a very clean jail uh for 1880 uh, i don't think jails are this clean now i mean you'd yeah. know you've been in one yeah it definitely looks better than what i was in is this nicer than the one you were in oh yeah oh okay it's good to know it's a good piece of information thank you mm-hmm. You're now uh as you know uh, those of you that listen to our podcast that, you know, it's totally uh, still going on right now. Um, totally. We, we're, uh, we're really big fans of fan fiction. And I was like, is there fan fiction for a movie from 1985? Uh, Silverado. Guess what? There, there is. is. <laughs> and 
it's weird because uh, we're going to read through some of this. And I thought you would enjoy this because I want you to try and figure out it's a crossover fan fiction. Oh, and I want you to try and figure out because you're you, you seem to know that there was a prequel to Yellowstone. So you, you seem to have your pulse on TV. Oh, I so, have my pulse on everything. OK, good. And I was wondering if you're going to know when we get to their names of the, the characters, if you're going to know what this is crossed over with. Okay. So, uh, do you mind Terminator? Reading? Do you mind? Yes, it's this Terminator. Do you mind reading uh, some of this fan fiction with me? No, sure, why not? All right, let's go there. I have to make up a theme song. You got sent it to me. I did. Boy, did you? Oh, there it is. The... Oh. Shows how much I know what I'm doing. I'm putting in those so I can edit. So I'll know when I. All right, you got it. Go ahead. All right, this is The Midnight Star. It's written by someone named not Tasha, dot, 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 shine on. I don't know what that means. Uh, just so you know, when we pull these, I literally, I pull these things off of crazy websites out there. I have no idea what year these were made. This was made, this one I actually do know. It was created July 31st, 2004. Wow, in 2004, huh? Yep. And the uh, writer would like you to know that all of the, you know, all of the stuff is part of, of the, um, there's no infringement, and, but they did name the horse Kristen and Kristen is their friend. Just so you know, <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> just so the name of the horse is, uh, is, is theirs alone. They, they own that right to the, to name their horse. The they Midnight that, the movie about their own horse. Yes. The Midnight Star. They approached the town slowly, the gambler and the healer watching for trouble. Okay. Gambler and healer. That's like, I guess that's a hint for they had assured they'd had been assured that trouble was coming. They'd been in Turley when the message came crying about an approaching danger, asking for medical help, asking for brave men to come fight the sheriff of Turley, a misplaced Englishman had seen the message too, but had felt he'd best protect his own town. See, that's why I don't think they're in. Are you sure they're in Turley? Because I thought yeah. the Englishman was the sheriff of Turley. Oh, he is the sheriff of Turley. Yeah, right? he's the misplaced Englishman. Oh, that's the sheriff of Turley. All right, all right. The two lawmen from Four Corners, in town for only a day, had to ride off on their own. So Nathan and Ezra went to Silverado. Nathan and Ezra. Okay. Hmm. Because help was needed, and no one else would go. <laughs> that's a fun way to. Well, why'd you come? Because no one else would go. <laughs> They'd hurried, aware that the town was in danger, aware that they might only be the only men capable of protecting the place. They came to help, riding through part of the night, guided by the stars. In the morning, they approached the town. Thank God this is this is script is moving right along. Yeah. Uh, watching it from some distance, Silverado hardly seemed to be a village under siege. It appeared to be a nice little place full of possibilities. Oh, I forgot to tell you, this happens right after Silverado. So unlike Yellowstone, this is not a prequel. This is a sequel or, wow. or something happening after the events of Silverado. But the small city was quiet, completely quiet and devoid of life. Oh, okay. They hurried their horses. This horse is, you know, pat pending mm. under my own trademark. Uh, Standish narrowed his eyes. So I guess we got his last name. Scanning the hushed street as they entered the town. Not a soul, sir. Jackson 
pursed his lips, feeling keen and edgy. The air had a charge to it as if lightning had recently struck. Uh, you can be Ezra. What do you make of it? Nathan said. Ezra shook his head. Nothing good. <laughs> they continued side by side, watching, twisting around, looking for threats. But the town remained still and serene. If you ignored the shot, the shot out windows. <laughs> Guys, you, you said that it didn't look like it was under siege. It shot out windows, the porch rail, broken porch railings, the busted benches and the ominous dark stains that marked the dirt and boardwalks. Oh, ominous dark stains. So it's like like dirt. You think blood. They're thinking, blood. Ezra pulled his Remington from his holster and Nathan retrieved one of his knives from its scabbard to rest in his thigh. Rested on his thigh because that oh. in his thigh would hurt. Uh, above the boardwalk, a, swing, a sign swung on his chains. The bottom half had been shot off, but the top part still declared Silverado guns. And it didn't matter what else was sold in the establishment. It was obviously the town had known firepower. Lordy. Nathan quietly exclaimed, looks like one hell of a fight. Ezra dipped his head. That's you. Hard to say if anyone survived it. He commented. Oh, I do. Hey, I read oh, the line notes. Sorry. I that was just, <laughs> that was his inner thought. I commented. <laughs> he commented. The town might be vacant. There's folks here. <clears throat> Nathan assured. And somewhere after them, a curtain lifted and dropped. But that one that uh, so that one of the citizens glanced at them elsewhere, a squeak and a creak, a squeak and a creak of floorboards. Let them know that the townsperson was restless in their hiding. I don't like this. Nathan breathed. Let's see. Where are we? Feels like the whole lot of death went here. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit because they talk way too much. And we're going to get to the part that I actually want to get to. Um, okay. If you scroll down. They basically are going to the they're going to the uh, midnight star. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's go to the saloon. Saloon. Nathan queried as Ezra stepped toward the corner uh, the corner business. And Ezra Best said, place to find anything." Yeah, Ezra returned. And where I feel most of these, he gestured, inviting Nathan to his side as they strode together to the midnight star. By the way, that's very Payton that they're mm-hmm. just kind of writing in as this other character. Do you yeah. have any guesses yet as to what show is, is okay? The Standish part, I know that name, but I don't know what it's from. Yep. Ezra pressed back on the Batwing doors. Oh, is that what they call those doors? They're called Batwing doors. I did not know that. I didn't know that. I thought that was some of the other called Spinels. I mean, this is, all, this is also from fan fiction. They couldn't easily yeah, not, not be called that. Uh, Ooh, is, it, is it Batman? Are they is it Batman Robins? No. <laughs> Midnight Star was large with a fair assembly of tables and and to suit large numbers. Ah, the Midnight Star, a glorious locale. Nathan, still tense, eyed the room looking for anyone who would he might talk to. The place seemed empty. Looks like there's no one here, he said softly to contradict the statement. A woman's voice responded with, what can I help you gentlemen with? She came out from behind the bar and walked toward them, a well-dressed woman with a sharp eye and carefully coiffed hair. Yet she stood no taller than a child. Well, we know who that is. Maybe four. It's the shut up mapes, maybe four and a half feet tall. She eyed them critically, holding her hands clasped before her and looking for, uh, formidable in spite of her stature. My good woman. Ezra said, grinning from ear to ear. 
Might you be the owner of this fair establishment? Might she smiled slightly. That would be proper word of to use. Hard to say. Hard to say uh, how that issue stands at the moment. Might be all mine now. Indeed, as her smile grew, we heard there was trouble. Nathan stated, stepping forward. Heard from your doc that y'all needed some help. We came. We seem to be having things well in hand now. The woman replied, "Good. Oh, that's you. Sorry, you're Ezra." Good. Good. Jackson said with a nod. Hey, stop reading my stuff. (laughs) Oh, is that then the next line's mine? Jackson said with a nod, but looked confused. Sure looked like one hell of a gunfight out there. We're going to scroll all the way to the end. And basically, there's been some stuff happening at the Midnight Star. And Stella nods and says, I suppose you have your own little world here. I suppose I do. She glanced around her midnight star. I have always said that the world is what you make of it. She blinked and faced the two lawmen again. And I think I've created a fine little world here. I plan to see it, see it get even better. I'd like to see Silverado get better. It's, it's bound to now. We got good people. She winks at the lawmen and we got friends. And she poured another round of drinks. They toasted the town of Silverado and the promise of things to come. Then they toasted Stella and the Midnight Star and the strangers who respond to a call for help. The end. That's the entire story. Oh, my. Basically, they were told to come by telegram or some doctor asked to come. They showed up. You know what show this is from? No. This is from the 1998 to 2000 show, The Magnificent Seven. Oh, the one with Michael Bean? I knew you'd know. I knew you'd know it when I said it. Yeah. Uh, this is fan fiction crossover for a show that lasted two years called The Magnificent Seven that no one watched. The movie from 1985. No, not a movie. Yeah, not a movie. The TV no, no, show. No, 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 no. With, with a movie from 1985. Sure. The Silverado is the 1985 movie. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you for ex- thank you for explaining that to me. I just thought it was fun that someone took the time in 2004 four years after this TV show was canceled and 20 years after 20, the movie. Yeah. To write this TV show. Uh, I don't know who the, I think that's why, you know, who Ezra uh, Standish. Has, Standish is. That's from, that's from the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. They're one of the, uh, they, they were played by um, on this show. They were played by Anthony Stark. Mm. You would know Anthony Stark as oh god what would you know uh he's in the movie license to kill and you would know him from nowhere to run and return of the killer tomatoes oh so big actor um i just thought that would be a nice way to end the week with a little i love that they're at 20 years later they're still writing fan fiction now i couldn't find any fan fiction for most recently i think the time frame for that has kind of stopped but uh, uh, it's terrible. Um, we love we love fan fiction. This wasn't as um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for raunchy as some of the fan fiction we read over no. on uh, Men Impossible has a fan fiction Friday when we do uh, we read the fan fiction of Men of Mission Impossible and sometimes it's mm, sexual. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, this was uh, this was very weird. Very odd. I just thought it was fun that someone took the time to write it, and it's based on a TV show no one saw. No, I, Go look it up. The Magnificent Seven TV show? 
obviously no one liked it. It only lasted two years. So, and, and, you know, and that's, and, and because at the end of this, this is where we end our minute. We're, you know, we're done. We have, we get to move to the next minute, which is going to be who knows what they're going to talk about. What are they going to talk about, Chris? I don't know. How can they, how can they best talking about fan fiction? I know. But uh, yeah, this uh, we've loved doing this Uh, again. We love this movie. Uh, If you are watching along minute by minute, we apologize for the fan fiction. It's just something we are obligated contractually to do. Um, But uh, this minute, these movies, the movie's great. We're so happy. We got these five minutes. We get to see every main character of the movie other than uh, lawnmower man and uh, Brian Dennehy. So super excited. And the, and the, what's his face from uh, Home Improvement? <laughs> yeah, you get to see him. Yeah. So, yeah. The, uh, Chris, do you have any last thoughts before we go about tomb, a Tombstone Minute? What is my problem about Silverado Minute? No, other than it's, it's such a great movie. I mean, you know, watching it again and, and getting other people to watch it is really the, the one of those things I like to do. I like to, when people say, oh, have you seen this Western or... Give me a suggestion for Westerners if they're not getting just getting into it. I'm like Silverado. Yeah, you should watch Silverado. It's a it's a good you know it's a good intro to the Western, even though it's not a an old school Western or a modern Western. It's still it's it's like an in betweener. So I thought it was also a quick movie. Like I feel that I feel that this. I mean, we're only 25 minutes in. We already know every character. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think the wagon train is slow, so I understand why they got rid of the wagon train storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, like with the Arquette, more, more of that. Yeah. So I think that it's one of those things where it's like, well, it just, it just didn't, we've kind of turned this into kind of like a peppy little, it could have been 30 minutes longer and they would have had like more of a Payton uh, uh, Arquette story. Like I keep calling her Arquette instead of like actually her name in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I, I really like this movie. It has some problems story-wise. I wish Mal had more of a story, but at the end of the day, uh, top-notch Lawrence Kasdan. Yes, definitely. Quintessential. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Thanks. Definitely top five Lawrence Kasdan films. Easily. Top three. Yeah. Maybe maybe top three. But uh, I agree. Um, thank you again, Chris, for being on. No, thank you. And uh, for those of you out there that are looking, uh, moviesbyminutes.com. You can go find all the movies that are being done. Ours is Minute Impossible. You can find us at minuteimpossible.com. And on the internet at, at Min Impossible, M-I-N Impossible on Twitter. And uh, we're on we're on hiatus. I almost said sabbatical. We're on hiatus, but we'll be coming back. Uh, Chris and I will be coming back soon with more Mission Impossible 3, which we, uh, we have been slogging through and, and kind of stopped when the uh, pandemic hit. So, uh, but we'll be getting back to it. Uh, Chris, thank you again for being on. It was awesome. No, thank you. So uh, I enjoy it. Yeah. Until next week, uh, I've been <laughs> I've been fan fiction fantastic, Jonathan. <laughs> I've been Happy Trails Ramirez. Oh, Happy Trails Ramirez! See you around. See you around the Trails. watering hole, around the saloon. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Yeehaw.